the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Waiting to do a show on a three-day holiday with what's happening in our America and in the world today is torture. I have to tell you, it's absolute and complete torture. When you go through the litany of atrocities we face on a minute-to-minute basis between COVID-19, Afghanistan, the border nobody talks about, the economy, the reconciliation, the hidden tax hikes, the fact that thanks to today and and a uh, lawsuit by the intercept against the National Institute for Health. We now know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, Dr. Fauci, Auntie Mary, with that pickle on his face, 80-year political whore for the last, what? He was, I think he was, he was hired in 1968. He absolutely and unequivocally invested in the virus, beyond the shadow of a doubt. This just broke. And, and the funny thing is, the, the intercept had to sue the National Institute of Health which means the government was protecting Dr. Fauci and the fact that Fauci funded EcoHealth Alliance, a New York-based nonprofit headed by Peter Dezak, Dezak, whatever, was absolutely engaged in the gain of function to research the SARS based on coronaviruses, which they knew could infect humans. Done. Game over. Arrest the rat today. So this is what I want to talk about, but... I'm here in South Florida, where I want to be, because my hometown is a sewer inhabited by subhumans who have not only no respect for anything, but have no respect for themselves. Yet I have to constantly deal with the fact that politicians want to extort, penalize me, me, for my virtues, and reward the scoundrels for their vices. So I've had enough of it. And ironically, I'm down here helping two listeners and three friends make their own plans to get out. And it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's not something I wanted to do at this time in my life, but it's something you have to do. As you watch the news from Chicago, it's a, it's a unique perspective. I actually stayed uh, in Chicago for a couple of days during the weekend and then flew down here. And when I left, when I got on the plane, there were 48 people shot. By the time the plane landed, we had... 58, and then at the tally of the weekend is, is, is 68, or I'm sorry, 65 with eight dead and the children. But I keep thinking there will be something that changes it, something that maybe the people just tolerate or, or, or refuse to tolerate, that they're just so sick of being lied to on a, on a minute-to-minute basis by both the media that protects the Democrat mafia politicians and the De- Democrat mafia politicians themselves. And then you step back. 
and you look in total at all of the policies of the American Democrat, all of them, from the fact that they're absolutely and totally willing to kill the babies, if by somehow they survive, they have no problem destroying their opportunity of life through their policies, both economically and socially. It is, it, is a, it is a philosophy that has no future. The Democrat, the American Democrat philosophy has zero future. They live to control the moment, and they are really, they are unwavering in their policies in the direct result of their failures, as you have a city like Chicago that is in absolute and total collapse in every neighborhood. Eight of the victims from this weekend shooting are children. And more than 280 kids have been shot in Chicago just this year. CBS. Think about how many kids that is. Think about the fact that Kim Fox has the result of a seven-year-old being shot. She had the perpetrator. They caught him. They got the cell phone. They got the car. They got her. She refuses to prosecute now nobody wants to look into the fact that she is clearly has a vested interest in gangbangers not people she's not interested in helping people which is government's only job she's interested in protecting perpetrators it's not enough it's not enough and she'll be reelected. and Lori lightfoot in her in her man costume reelected. and if it's not her it'll be the the, the six-foot version of her preckwinkle it's never enough is enough so that's why I'm, I'm so proud to have worked on that communist holiday, Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day, my derriere. How many of the people that celebrate it refuse to get jobs? See, so we're going to stop calling classes the way the American Marxist wants to call. Here's, here's the classes in this country. It's real simple. It's the government class. That's made up of both the scum that are at the top of it, the politicians, the lawyers that prostitute government, the corporatist businesses, Wall Street, those are the government class. And so are the willing slaves that are forced to live in these ghettos and continue to vote them into office and their corruption and turn a blind eye to it. And then watch the news, as all of us watch the news this weekend and watch this news clip, and shake their head, oh, isn't it terrible? No, it's not terrible, dummy. It's exactly the destination of where these policies lead. And by the way, this is going to be considered good in the next six months because you ain't saying nothing to the economic collapse that's coming because of this 80-year-old fraud who you think is the president, who in fact is just the hood ornament of the collective, of the cabal of corrupt, we call them Democrats. Tuesday, Sal Rizai is live at Chicago Police Headquarters as officers deal with another violent holiday weekend. Good morning. Good morning. So many shootings across Chicago in just days and the holiday weekend still not quite over. The youngest victim of that violence, just four years old. That four-year-old was shot and killed this weekend when a bullet went through his window, hitting him in the head twice. By the way, did anybody see the little boy? See how beautiful the kid was? Beautiful kid. Had his entire life in front of him. Beautiful. Totally innocent. Are you, do you think the party cares? You think the Chicago Democrat cares? They wouldn't have cared if his mother would have killed him. In fact, they incentivize her to kill him. And they're willing to take your money to pay for the murder. Twice. 
he was asleep when that happened. He died from his injuries on Sunday. On Saturday, a 13-year-old boy was shot in the head in South Chicago and taken to the hospital in serious condition. Also Saturday, this time in East Garfield Park, two children shot after a back-to-school picnic. A 12- and 15-year-old boy and girl standing outside of a gas station when someone drove by and started shooting. The boy and girl were both wounded and sent to the hospital. Now at least eight other surviving victims were under the age of 18 years old. Chicago Police Superintendent Brown will be having a news conference this morning at 10 o'clock. We're live at Chicago Police. And what are you going to do when you catch him? What are you going to do when you catch him? Because we, we did catch the murderer of the seven-year-old that was murdered on Grand Avenue. Suspect was brought into Area 5. Lineup, he has a lineup. A witness IDs him at the scene. A relative gives a statement implicating the suspect. The suspect's car is identified at the scene. Suspect's phone established him being at the scene. And Kim Fox refuses to charge him. So what are you going to do if they catch him? If they catch all these scumbags, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter because it's the political ideology of the city, of the county, and of the state that is the murderers. It is the murderer. It is the perpetrator. It is the enabler. It is the incentivizer. As every policy they have gears people towards living on the government dull by their failure, they succeed. They get more money, the worse person they are. And ultimately, when they devolve into subhumans that cannot read, are not interested in working, constantly thinking about robbing and raping and doing drugs and mayhem, we call it a city. Gee, how do you think it's going to work out? Guy sitting by the lake gets shot in the derriere. Why? He had nothing to do with anything. People getting driving by, shot, innocent. They're shooting into highways. They're, they're trying to hide the fact they're shooting into highways. They want you to think that they're shooting at each other. So when they kill a very special woman who's at the twilight of her life, enjoying retirement, spent her entire life educating these very kids who murdered her. What's the, what's, what's the, what's the solution? Let them go. Don't charge them. And that's why you have to make a decision. If you're going to tolerate it, then let's stop complaining about it and let's turn it in to like a Rivers Casino. I just know they bet the over on Monday night football. They bet the over on college games. Let's just let's bet on it and let's make it what it is, a sport, because this is the game. And the game pays the political whores that keep selling this phony cure, this phony utopia, this ideology where if we only live for the scum, they'll stop harming us wrong it's wrong and until you start penalizing the scum like the one who stabbed that beautiful girl in the neck as she was starting her life now we stab you in the neck with a rusty spoon done maybe the next time some demented moron on meth and fentanyl or whatever the hell this scumbag was on thinks about stabbing somebody in the neck he'll say hmm i remember when they stabbed that other guy in the neck who stabbed the girl in the neck maybe i don't want to do it but you know how this guy's going to end up he's going to go to a home where people are going to cater to him and he's going to be able to watch cable TV and he'll end up being the victim and the girl who was murdered will only be mourned by her family. Welcome to the city of Chicago where unless you want to be a willing government useful idiot slave or 
If you want to work your way up to the Democrat mafia leadership and the hierarchy, well, then you're untouchable. Right, Burke? Right, Madigan? Right, O'Reilly? Right, the rest of you 50 thieves pretending you're aldermen? They have no pressure. They're going to come out and say the same damn thing they've been saying for 50 years. And the idiot that went to their public schools that barely can read, he's going to vote for them the same time. So you got a choice to make, boys and girls. Sell now or be prepared to just start betting on the numbers. 312-642-5600. And by the way, these numbers that we're talking about, they're not including the beatings and the robberies. There was a couple that made the news, but they're not including all of it, all of the mayhem. And what really, how it's become escape from Chicago, escape from New York. And unless your name is Snake Blitzkin, headquarters as I'll reside CBS 2 News. You ain't going to do that. And we've got some news developing this morning. Two men shot in Humboldt Park in broad daylight. This was near Division in Richmond last night. About a quarter after five, you can see video from that scene here. Chicago police say a dark-colored Cadillac drove up to them. Someone in... Well, the good news about all this welfare money and all of these stimulus calls, at least these guys are shooting you from Cadillacs. I mean, the worst thing in the world, you get shot from like a Chevy Beretta or one of those Toyota hybrids. What was he driving? Who's driving a Prius? That's something you're not going to say in Chicago. At least there's there is some upside. Megan Orland Park. Hey Sean, um, I just wanted to say that unfortunately I think we've all become a little desensitized. Um, well, can you hear I, me okay? I could hear you perfectly, and it's interesting that okay. you say that because I've always said that. There, but it's very strategic. It's words. It's the way in which the story is presented, and I I, I use my favorite one is abortion. You're calling the murder of a baby an abortion. You've given it a procedure name. So you're desensitized mm-hmm. to the fact that that is a baby, and that is how you get mm-hmm. to the place we are. And, and, and in, in total, when you have the problems that we have as a country, you are destroying the quality of life for children. So desensitized, I think, okay. is too gentle of a word. You've got a bunch of morons. Mm-hmm. They're morons. And the idea yeah, that they um, have a 7-year-old and the people are not taking to the streets... The four-year-old shot. Mm -hmm. The seven-year-old, you have the perpetrator. And the government, whose job is to protect you, refuses to prosecute. Absolutely. Um, I have a wedding to go to in West Town. um, My understanding is not too far from the United Center. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Here's what you do, Megan. Let me help you. They got all these things now. You could send money. You don't even have to. You could have Venmo. You got PayPal, you got Zelle, you got Amazon. What the hell are you going to go to a wedding for in West Ham? I'm serious. If, if these kids yeah, want to have the wedding in West Ham, they should be all alone. Member. So what? My, you sound like my wife. Everything's for a family member. And I love the family. I love the family. And if the family isn't smart enough to figure out West Town isn't a great spot, well, what are you going to do? Uh, you are, yeah. and there's no need to put yourself in that circumstance. Besides... All the people who want the are throwing the wedding anyway. Do you really think they care if you're there, Megan? I mean, I'm sure you're a wonderful person, but they want the envelope, kid. Hate to break it to you. What do you think? There you go. All right, okay, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's just the. I mean, I told you the story. It was it was a, a relative of mine's girlfriend who had the car robbed during the the uh, the wedding. Um, What's the party? Shower. The wedding shower. They stole the gifts. The kid got caught robbing the house. It made the news. It made Channel 7. And um, if she's going to continue to have a wedding, I think she's crazy at this point. You have been warned. The warning is all around you. The question is, are you smart enough to pick up on it? 
And that's really where we're at with Chicago. That's really where we're at with Cook County. And that's really where we're at with the Democrat policies. We have all the warnings. We know how this works. By the way, when you are down here and you're looking at property and there are people parked outside, those people are all from Democrat areas. New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, they're all from that. The conversations you have when you are saying, look, I, you know, I didn't plan on moving. It's not something I wanted to do. I was proud at one time to be from a great city and a great state. We are all having that conversation. And by all, I mean those of us from Democrat-run cities and states. This is just the fact. At this point, you must now prepare yourself because the people in charge, they will not be persuaded by their failure. They will not. There is no failure great enough for a policy to change with the concept of correcting what's wrong with society. They're going to continue to double down. These are the same people who want to negotiate with the Taliban. You don't think they have a... Do you, do you, that's exactly what they're doing with the, with the gangster disciples, with the Latin kings. They're negotiating with them. They're not interested in protecting you against them. They don't cry once for the children. These are just taglines used during election seasons and election years. That's it. The most of it is, well, they're, they're going to come out. You mark my words. They're going to say, this isn't as bad as some years. There is an improvement. And that's what we, we saw. We saw that from Lightfoot. We see that from the Democrats in Chicago. We hear that in the face of their own failure. They've lost seats because so many of us have decided to move out. They don't care about the people who they've put into bankruptcy as they mandate these policies, showing themselves to be the true totalitarian fascist they are. They don't care about the small business that's hanging on by a thread. They don't care about the people who want to go to work versus take the welfare. Now that they've established the bulk of Americans will be happy with payments, their job is to nationalize your life. And that's what they've done in the ghettos of Chicago to where now they're indistinguishable. You only have the people who are unable to move out as far as I'm concerned. I don't know anybody that's proud of to be in Chicago unless they're in on the scam. Now, if you're in on the scam, then you're loving it. Then it is the utopia they say it is. If you're one of these Democrat mafia oligarchs, the money flows. And by the way, you don't really live there. Like Mike Madigan never really lived in that little tiny house where his address was. Ed Burke occasionally lived in the house he was because he liked to get drunk at the Viagra Triangle where he could still bring hookers and nobody would tell on his wife. Nobody. So he liked that. He had his own little entourage of special uh, police guys that cleared the way for him and let him do, and let him act like the, the true Don, Mafia Don he was. So these are the, the, this is unfortunately the climate of a city and a state that has allowed to, to tolerate corruption with the hopes of being in on it. Otherwise, you could investigate all of the spending. You could investigate all of the connections. You could look at the way in which they even persecute property owners and see right in front of you. It's for all of us to see. If you pay the right connected Democrat lawyer, your taxes go down. And the, and, and the, and the Illinoisan, the Chicagoan, says, okay, I'll pay it. Who do I got to call? There's a problem. The problem isn't that there's people that are always trying to cheat you. That's since the dawn of time. The problem is your willingness and your ability to accept it. That's what we need to break. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. You know, it's funny. 
I was reading the uh, mayor of Portland. What a success story that is, Portland, Oregon. Beautiful, phenomenal place. Um, if you're a Marxist terrorist, it's really the hub. They want to um, suspend and fine any government official that travels to Texas. I think it should be the other way around. I think states like Texas, I think states like Florida, should fine any Democrat, American Democrat, willful idiot that comes to their state. See, that's why I think it's crucially important to make the choices that I pose to you. Because your vote in Illinois is a joke. I'm here to tell you. There is no Republican Party. None. There are two versions. Either the hardcore socialist Marxists we call Democrats, or the version of the corporatist socialist light we call Illinois Republicans. You know the ones who pretend that they're there for you. And they invest in video game rooms and marijuana dispensaries. Those are my favorite kind of scumbags. I, uh, I think it's a crucial time to make these decisions. And the reason is because I'm disgusted with what I'm seeing as a Chicagoan, as an Illinoisan. People are embarrassed to have you come to their states. When you walk into a party, they laugh, they joke. And there's other states that have a problem with it. In fact, Minnesota, which you, if I remember correctly, is kind of Democrat. They were disgusted to find a Chicago Democrat, South Side, I believe, go to their city and kill a prized member of their own little society. The thing about having a Chicagoan travel to your city is they're normally dumb enough to leave incriminating papers in the glove box when they return the rent car Please say that surveillance video and a Facebook live stream helped them catch a youth baseball coach's killer. Prosecutors today charged Jamal Smith of Chicago with murdering Jay Bouton on Highway 169 in Plymouth. The shooting happened as Bouton drove his son home from a baseball game. The boy told police that Smith's SUV moved toward them and the driver had a brief altercation before Smith opened fire. A tow truck company later told police they had impounded the abandoned SUV. Investigators say they found paperwork inside linking it to Smith. There you go, dummy. See, but if, if Mr. Smith, part of the Democrat base, would have done that in Illinois, he'd have got off because Kim Fox wouldn't have charged him. The only real benefit, the only reason he's getting charged is that the prosecutor was not an apparatchik of the gangster disciples. No, no, no. In fact, in Minnesota, they frown upon you killing good members of society versus and children versus here in Chicago, where it's kind of just like a resume builder. It's just one of those other tattoos you get on your face or your neck, and you could brag about how you got away with it. Rich in his car. Sean, how are you? Good, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Yeah, I wasn't in my car more than five minutes, and I'm listening to you talk about all this nonsense in Chicago, and it's... I just think to myself, it, it's just another weekend. It, it's just another weekend. And you know, Rich, I, 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 saw, I, I caught my kids doing that. I caught my kids doing that. And that's when I made the decision, look, I'm, I'm lucky. My kids are older. And I got them out of there. And I sent them away. And, and you know, it's, it's because I didn't want them to adopt that mindset that you and I adopt. I admit, I, I'm the same way. But these are people. Well, I, I cannot remember a week, a week where there's less than 40 people being shot. I, I can't remember that far back. It's just, it's, it's absolutely crazy. But thinking, uh, th- thinking like, a, like a true evil capitalist, I'm, I'm thinking that we got to do something like the running man. we got to advertise. 
We got a. Have you seen the Democrats? And, and you want to put a Democrat in a jumpsuit, brother? You take a look. Can you imagine Lightfoot in a jumpsuit or a Wardy? No, this is not a good look. I like the premise of the game show, but we're going to have to work on the attire because I don't know oh, a Democrat that can get, fit you in find a You find a nice, uh, handsy guy like the old uh, Letcher from uh, Family Feud. You yes. get him to host it. You know who uh, we could get? We I could get um, Jan Schakowsky's husband, Creamer, that disgusting <laughs> human being. We could put him in a, in a jumpsuit. All right, there you go. I found one. Thank you, Rich, for the call in your car. Stephen Glencoe. Yeah, hey, Sean, you know, you're pretty amusing, but nothing you say is fair. Chicago mm-hmm. has problems. You know what would be funny? Send me a, your wedding picture. I want to see amusing. You send me you and that gargoyle you married. Would you do that for me? Now get on with your point, stupid. Nah, I don't want to hear his point. His point's an idiot. Steve from Glencoe is a moron, a Mercedes Marxist. You're kind of amusing. You know what's amusing, you Chicago Democrats? Steve, the rat lawyer in his Mercedes, thinks you're only good enough to live in the ghetto that his corruption bribed and built and paid for. That's what Steve thinks of you, that your kids deserve. 85% of them who graduate eighth grade can't read. Are you nuts? Listen to what you're, listen to the people that they're interviewing. Listen to the intellect. They're subhuman because of oligarchs like Steve. Because Steve, the, the, the Democrat lawyer, just wants to sue on your behalf and take a third to go to Glencoe and then finance his stripper girlfriend who tells him he doesn't look like a lemon on the, go- on the Gold Coast. That's what Steve is. That's the worst kind because he looks at you and thinks you're not worth anything. And he sells you on voting for that Democrat mafia. And all he's got to do is bribe you. What do you want? Two more. You want two more years for your preschooler? Okay. What do you need? You need 800 more to walk around and pretend to be a man. Because what Steve understands, when you're on that dole, you'll always be in that system. And that's why Steve the Democrat, who is supposed to appreciate law as the shield, wants it to be the spear so that he can keep you people with cattle progs in the little ghettos that they build because you're his useful idiot. And by the way, Steve doesn't pay the property taxes the other people do. Steve knows all the Democrat lawyer scum. So they go and they give the little judge a little wink and a nod, and he gets his taxes lowered. But the carpenter who got here from Romania, who built up his company and lives maybe in Glencoe, he pays three times what that rat pays. Because that Democrat mafia system that Steve really wants to tout how successful it is, that's what enables him to pretend to be a man when he's not. Because if he was, he'd want it better for you. This would upset Steve and Glencoe, but it doesn't. You're just his useful idiot. And that's why who you should have contempt for if you are unfortunately put into the circumstances to be born and bred in the sewer of Chicago. Who you should have contempt for are the profiteering oligarchs who make their money on your stupidity, on your complacency, and on your willingness to accept this as a city, as a state. And they laugh every time they run one of their own, like that butter-handed trust fund moron Pritzker. They laugh every time they take away your business or your opportunity. They laugh every time they get the statistics of how many of your own kids you killed. They laugh. That's the scum that perpetrates the real crime that is the city of Chicago. So Steve doesn't give a rip about the girl that was stabbed in the neck. Now to a follow-up on that deadly stabbing last week at a Chicago Chase Bank. Friends and family 
say the bank employee who was killed had just begun a new chapter in life. Marie Saavedra's live in River North with that story. Marie. See, me, a Republican, I hear about this girl who may have been a Democrat. I realize the scum that killed her, I want to stab him in the neck with a rusty spoon. Let him feel the pain she felt. Let him lose the opportunity she lost. Not Steve. Steve wants to put him in a, in a, in a hospital. Steve's a lawyer. Then hopefully Steve say he fell down the stairs. He was beat up. Then they sue. And then the scumbag makes more money and more money for the system. You see how it works? That's how it really works. You had enough? You thirsty for more? Or are you calling a moving company? 312-642-5600. I had my attorney, 380 pounds of free legal advice, send me a text message. Vast majority of all lawyers vote Democrat for exactly the reasons I articulated. They love the profiteering scam. And that's all it is. Not interested in justice. Otherwise, they would be out in front of all of this. Of all of this. Mainly, they would be suing Chicago Public School, the teachers union. They would be suing everyone responsible for condemning a large part of society into mediocrity isn't even the right word into hopelessness, into ghetto life, into the government class. But see, the government class, the top echelon, the oligarchs of the government class, need the useful idiots. They are their weapons. They are their shields. They are their tools. It is for their vices that your virtues must be taken away and taxed. Bobby and Wheaton. Hey, Sean. I want to I want to disagree with you for a second about what you were saying about Pritzker and these oligarchs and these people, you right. know, laughing at the poor mm-hmm. and laughing at the people that are taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. To to laugh means that you have some emotion. To 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 cry means you have an emotion. These people are indifferent. These people they don't care at all. The 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 people are just objects to them. And they and they and they can't be changed to think anything different. They're empty, so, soulless scum. So you mean, see, you got to give me a little bit of, of of fun, Bobby, because I'd like to think that after Pritzker shoots these commercials, where he comes out for the re-election, when you're on, you know, YouTube or anywhere, and he comes out and he says he's been fighting, fight, I can't even get it out without laughing, fighting for the people of Illinois. That he doesn't laugh as his family lives in other states, as he goes to Lake Geneva to party on the weekends, as the people who are, are, are unfortunately left to support and vote for him are the very people that him and his family banks and all of them have been robbing for decades. You don't think he laughs? Not even a little? No, you know, I, I, I don't know about that. When he makes his commercials, he thinks he's clever and he, you know, he does all that. Let me ask you he this may much. chuckle about that, but about the people and, and in his heart... If you you know if you laugh at someone, mm-hmm. you can find out that you're wrong, and you may be able to change that because mm-hmm. laughter is an emotion. Uh-huh. But when you're soulless and you're indifferent, there's no changing you. You Bobby. these people, they're it's just evil throughout. You've already answered one question for me, and that's I now know why there's no comedy clubs in Wheaton. But let me ask you this: Do you think that maybe <laughs> you think that maybe his doctor laughs when he leaves the office after a checkup? <laughs> I do. I, I know I do. everybody laughs when they see him talking about health. Yeah. You think you think the servants that are forced to dress him laugh? I think they do. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm a little teapot short and stout. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate the call. All we can do is laugh. Or or 
you can at least position your children for a better life. Even if you're hamstrung, do me a favor. Don't be one of these parents that condemns the next generation to stay for you. It's a, it's, it's a vicious thing, love, because the parents stay to take care of the grandkids. The grandkids stay because they miss the grandparent. It's a vicious thing. You got you to gotta, you gotta figure out one of two things. Either position it so the future of your family has a better existence or stay and purge the resistance to the American Marxist or the Chicago Mafia Democrat. I personally, in the grand scheme of things, thinks, I think that Illinois is just too far gone. It's just too far gone. And when you see the politicians that use their very circumstances to, to gain election or to pretend to fight for the people, the same time restricting and restraining and destroying their lives. You got to have, at a certain point, you got to have enough respect for yourself and your kids to bail. Joe and Dundee. Hey, Sean. Yeah. It takes a neighborhood, Sean. I mean. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Hillary Clinton lived, used if, to say if, that. If you, no, if you, if you lived across the street from me, Sean, I guarantee you if somebody was breaking into your house, I'd call the cops. Oh, that's <laughs> no what, problem. Well, no, that's why I like my neighborhoods where I live. My neighborhood's where I live. Yeah. I never have to worry. There's nobody at my house right now. I don't have to worry about a thing. I got my buddy Joey. Joey's just itching to tie somebody to a chair and torture ah, him with a razor blade. I, I, I almost crazy. pity the guy that tries to break into my house. But, you know, that's why I like those certain neighborhoods. But, unfortunately, Chicago has the opposite. They only have the neighborhood that keeps quiet when they know that the gangs are selling drugs, when they know that the gangs are killing people because, ironically, they're afraid to call the police because the portion of politicians that are supposed to represent them are more interested in defunding the police. Thank you for the call, Joe. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. One of the benefits to having your own radio show is you get to talk to people you've wanted to for a while. People like Chris Edwards, who is the director of tax policy studies at Cato. He's an editor of downsizinggovernment.org. He's a top expert on federal and state tax and budget issues. But what he used to do is very interesting. He was a senior economist on the Congressional Joint Economic Committee. He was a manager with PricewaterhouseCoopers, an economist with Tax Foundation. So, Chris, that's quite a resume, and I'm going to ask you, did you not explain to these morons what capitalism is and the beauty of a free market system? What the hell is going on? Uh, I don't understand uh, a lot of support, especially from the Republican side, on some of this spending in Washington. I mean, to give you one example, Senator Rob Portman from Ohio, uh, he was the former budget chief under President Bush. He uh, he knows he always talk, he talks with a very good conservative kind of uh, fiscally frugal game, but he jumps on board with the Democrats on the trillion-dollar infrastructure uh, uh, bill. It, I, I don't understand. Uh, 
but surely the more you, the longer you're in Washington for, I think for normal people like me, the more waste you can see. But some people come to Washington for some reason and they think Washington's doing a great job and they want to give it even more money. I just don't understand it. Chris, I'm a fan of capitalism because I always wanted, I, I didn't have a lot and always wanted more. And I always was curious on how the youngest country became the most powerful and the richest. And the reason is we're the only one to really embrace the concept of property rights and capitalism and liberty. As you see this eroding, and now you've got politicians like Portman, you've got politicians like Romney, politicians like Burr. Uh, isn't it that they've just, we've got two choices. We can go the hardcore socialists and Marxists and the rest of it, or the Republican corporatism, which is very comfortable in rent sinking and Keynesianism and the kind of fraud, because they're all in on it. I mean, are, are we at that breaking point? You know, I think the thing that's keeping us afloat is just the enorm enormous resilience and dynamism uh, in the American private sector. Um, you know, the, the fact that the United States has this vast internal market with no internal trade barriers has always been a very powerful thing. We've always had these awesome entrepreneurs who want to build these great uh, companies and are making these technological breakthroughs. That's all great stuff, and hopefully that will continue. But it seems the politicians at every level are doing everything they can to put roadblocks in the way uh, of entrepreneurs and investments. Uh, at some point, I, I, I kind of agree with you, there is some sort of breaking point. At some point, you know, p people who would be entrepreneurs are going to say, screw it, I'm yeah. not going to put up with all the frustration of trying to start a new business uh, if the government is going to pile these rules and regulations and costs on me. Um, we're not there yet, but, uh, you know, there's no doubt that all the big government slows economic growth, with the, which ends up hurting people, particularly at the bottom more than anyone else. Um, it's we're going in a really bad direction, as you know. And in fact, you know, you're an expert in state tax policy. So I'm from Illinois. I've moved to Florida. I go back and forth and back and forth. In Florida, it's it's almost funny. I go to a I, I don't drink or do I? I just smoke cigars. I go to a cigar store. It's funny. You get a lot of guys with the same ideology, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of successful people. And I think what government misses is that capitalism in the American economy is a volunteer activity. These people are becoming afraid, and they are going to hibernate. And all of these new taxes and all of this nonsense never lives up to the expectations that they tell you it's going to live up to, number one. But if the capitalists were to come together and realize, as you articulate in this infrastructure bill, we don't even know. They're not even done writing it. When you, when you combine the infrastructure and the reconciliation, you could be talking in excess of 10,000, 15,000 page bill. Are they not aware that the people of means can simply stop? So I agree with you. Here's, here's what I, I've just completed this new study at Cato where I go into detail uh, on the 330,000 or so people who are called angel investors in the United States. These, these folks are, they are wealthy individuals who invest in startup businesses, tens of thousands of them every year. They are crucial people, but they're often not discussed. When Bernie Sanders and others go after wealthy people, they're really going after these crucially important people who fund startup businesses. So if you go back and look at the start of just about every great American business, whether it was Ford Motor Company or Apple Computer or Moderna Biotech Company in Cambridge that created this, uh, this uh, uh, COVID vaccine breakthrough, they were all 
funded initially by wealthy people taking big risks and putting their money into these very, very uh, risky, long-shot uh, ideas that ended up paying off. So, when, as you say, when, when the government, the more they go after these wealthy people, the more they're going to hide their money, and the more they're going to put their money into things like tax-free muni bonds, and they're not going to fund the startup businesses, which are the future of the American economy. And you know, it's funny, the bulk of, of, of people really obtain wealth at a, at, a, at a different stage of their life when their parents, unfortunately, leave them an inheritance. When you see that the, the conversation by, by the American politician, Democrats specifically, is always about the new spending and how great it's going to be. And the fact of the matter is it's, it's just they've figured out how to monetize debt and, and future taxation. And when you see in these bills that are so omnibus that we don't even know because they're not written, all of the attacking on inheritance, on, on, on getting rid of the stepped-up basis, which is really astonishing to me, and how that is going to nationalize inheritance, is it not the Democrats or the people who may not have been very high earners but for that one time in their life can benefit because of the legacy wealth that, America allows you to transfer because we're steeped in property rights. Do they, are they just unaware of that erosion? Are they unaware that it's going to affect them, like you say, the poor and the, and the people who are middle earners the most, where the rich person, he doesn't care. He's already moved it into a revocable Absolutely. living trust. He's not going to get taxed Absolutely. on anything. It's the, it is the wealthy people with money that who have enough money to be able to take risks on newcomers, um, and people with good ideas who, who need, who don't have the means, it is, it is wealthy people that often take a risk on, on those people. Here's the way to think about wealth is, the vast majority of wealth of the wealthiest Americans is, that, is investment in business. It is not, people think of wealthy people, they think of their big mansions or they think of their yachts and this sort of thing. Yeah, they have those, they have those assets, but if you look at the data, that is only a tiny fraction of all their wealth. You know, Jeff Bezos, the richest guy in America, you know, most of his wealth is in Amazon. Amazon creates and employs more than a million people. It provides this incredible service we all benefit from. And he uses his money for dozens and dozens of startups, not just in space exploration, you know, but in healthcare and medicine and all these other risky startups Jeff Bezos is putting his money, his money into. Some of those will pay off big for the American economy. So I say, thank goodness, that wealthy people mainly use their wealth to invest in startups and take these big risks. Here's another interesting statistic, and it's sort of a good news. The, the, you may know that Forbes magazine has published a list of the 400 richest Americans uh, since the early 1980s. It used to be that most of the people on that list had inherited wealth. Today, it is flipped. Today, more than 70% of the people, uh, the 400 richest in America, have self-made wealth. They're mainly high-tech entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who started manufacturing business and other types of businesses who, who had great ideas and invested, uh, and they struck it uh, wealthy. Then what they do is they get wealth and they turn around and they invest in new startup businesses. So uh, that's the America that I see today. From your article in Cato, which, by the way, I love, I love your stuff, I learned that in 2001, Per household federal debt, the responsibility of each household was $30,684. 20 years later, we're at $179,000 per household in just the debt that they admit to. This is without the unfunded liabilities of who knows what it is. 
But with this spending bill, am I to believe that this will be a jump to $288,000 if there's not another spending bill? Uh, it's unbelievable. We have the highest debt in uh, right now compared to the size of our economy in U.S. history. Debt now, it's bigger than it was in the Civil War, bigger than it was in World War One, and it's now matching as high as debt was in World War Two. After those wars in the past, the government always paid its debt, debt back down again. After wars and borrowing, the politicians you know, were responsible and frugal for a number of years to pay down the debt. We're not today. We're not at war. We've got the highest debt ever, and it's soaring upwards and upwards. We know what happens when governments get too much in debt. We've got all these crises in places like Greece and Puerto Rico and Detroit, where the governments got too heavily in debt, and it ruined the economy. Uh, you know, and again, to go back to your previous point, you know, ultimately it's not going to hurt the wealthy people so much. It's going to be the average folks that's going to hammer their standard of living. Uh, when the government is suddenly cutting their benefits and hiking their taxes. So uh, the, the, the path we're on with the federal government is, is completely unsustainable. We're, we're heading for a giant financial crisis that is going to uh, damage uh, the standard of living of all of us. Now, you're in these meetings. You've, you've been in this economic uh, committee meeting. You've, you've, you've talked to the politicians. The ones that sit on this on these committees, these politicians, I, I learned years ago that the way that they get on these committees is that they're actually buying them from the party. They're not necessarily experts, the the people who sit on these committees of economics or finance. Are they shocked by the reality of the damage they've done to the economy, and are they aware of the policies that they're promoting are the exact ones that brought down Venezuela, the exact ones that destroyed basically South American capitalism and turned it into banana republics of different flags? Are they just ignorant to the history and unappreciative of what an economy based in Americanism is? They, they are they are ignorant about complex things like the tax code. There's no doubt about that. They're extraordinarily ignorant, uh, most of them. You know, most politicians will actually, they will go for the committee uh, in Congress where they can raise the most money from special interest lobbyists. So, for example, if you're from a farm state, you'll want to get on the farm committee because that makes it easiest for you to raise money from the special interest uh, lobbyists and to pay off your friends back home. Uh, so, you know, my, my solution, one of my solutions for Congress is actually random assignment to committees so that, that it's not completely controlled by pork barrel politics like it is today. Um, you know, yeah, they, they, with the tax code, the, the code has gone, become, you know, w- way more complicated than any, uh, um, politician understands. And, um, so the only people, so the biggest corporations, they can get in there and get special carloads and loopholes for themselves. Um, and, but, you know, most, for most businesses, you know, they're out of luck. They're stuck with high, the high rates, which damages investment and it damages, uh, employment and entrepreneurship. I'm still amazed at the, at the, at, you know, I, I, I was a poor person. My mother was poor. She understood when companies pay taxes, they don't pay them. They pass it to you. Your cost goes up. You hear these these words of, of, of real fraud, transitory. It's it, We're at this point now where in a bill, they've already assaulted base products, whether it be oil or whether it be plastics. In fact, in this new bill that they are constructing, they have a virgin plastic tax, which will tax it at its level of, of process. 
at 20 cents per pound. That will affect everything from medical supplies. I mean, are, are, are politicians too ignorant to understand how many things plastic is in that you can't provide health care, let's right. say, which is their dream, when the cost skyrockets on everything that healthcare needs, every implement of every utility or tool or anything? I, I don't understand. They don't understand. Like with, with the, uh, the Obamacare bill a decade ago, they imposed a device on a tax on medical devices. Can you think of a stupider thing society would want to impose a tax on than, than uh, the, the invention and investment in life-saving devices? Completely stupid. And, you know, on the flip side, these big bills that are in front of Congress, they want, they want to add hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies to their favored uh, industries. They want billions of dollars in subsidies for electric vehicles. Uh, there's no reason for that. The car companies are already investing in electric vehicles. They want billions in subsidies for electric utilities. They want billions for broadband companies. This makes absolutely no sense. We ought to, you know, businesses, you know, know what the consumer demand is. They can raise their own money and they can invest. It's extremely dangerous getting the federal government involved in massive uh, massive style corporate subsidies. We've had corporate subsidies in the past, but the, the level of corporate subsidies under these democratic bills for things like broadband are just, they're extraordinary. And the problem is then every other industry in America is going to be coming to Washington demanding subsidies, you know, for their industry. Uh, and, and in the end, it'll be the big boys. The biggest corporations will get most of these subsidies. It'll be the up and coming businesses, the startups that are going to, uh, face these barriers because the big guys get the subsidies. I believe Joe Manchin is using his um, his hesitancy to sign away off on this as a negotiating tool, similar to the ones that were used during the Obamacare passage in Louisiana and, and Nebraska. I think Joe Manchin is going to sign off on it ultimately. If you and I had lunch every day and I said, hey, Chris, I'll bet you lunch he signs off on it. Would you uh, take the bet? Yeah, I don't understand what game he's playing. It is true that the the politicians like him and often Susan Collins, who are sort of right in the middle on the on the cutting edge, uh, they will uh, they will they will uh, they will keep their cards close to their chest, and that way they'll pump as much uh, subsidies in uh, in these bills for West Virginia as Manchin can possibly uh, get. Um, it's possibly he's you know he's he's seriously concerned about the giant amount of debt the government is accumulating. But or he could be just playing a game where he wants to maximize the subsidies for his home state. We'll have to see. Something tells me I would have ate for free. Chris Edwards, I want to thank you so much. He's the director of tax policy studies at Cato. I love having you on. Thank you for the insight. Please keep up the good work. I enjoy your work. Thanks a lot. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I went long with Chris Edwards, and I'm glad I did. This bill, they have no idea the devastation that they will do. They could care less about the debt. Because what they know is that's their greatest weapon for future taxation. Do you know what stepped-up basis is? Anybody out there know what that is? That's like if your mom and dad bought a house. Let's say we want a house that really increased in value. So let's use Naples, Florida. Bought a house in Naples, Florida in 1984, and they paid $280,000 for it in 1984. And they lived in it happily, and then they went out on a boating accident, or they went on a boat, and they flipped the boat, and they're gone. Now you inherit the, the property. Under Joe Biden's tax law, you will pay 
an inheritance tax of 40 plus percent from the 280,000. Not from the 2.2 million that it's worth at the time of their death. You'll pay 40% of everything they made. So your father took his retirement, your mother maybe worked part-time to pay off a house, and they have this one asset they're going to leave to their four kids. And they, they lived right, and you came down for the holidays. Joe Biden wants 40% of that. And they're going to talk about farms. Well, not many of us own farms, but many of us have parents who struggled, and their only asset was a home that they were smart enough to buy outside of Illinois. Joe Biden and the American Marxist mafia are using this bill and they're bribing their useful idiots, known as Democrat voters, to nationalize inheritance. That's what it is. Don't let the communism hide behind words. They're stealing your money that your father and your mother worked their whole lives for. Are you going to take it? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. The quality of your life is important to me. Democrats understand they just have to promise quality of life. doesn't matter what they deliver. And the upper echelon of the Democrat mafia really rakes it in. That's why they sell it. The lawyers in their Mercedes in Winnetka, they love it. Can't get enough of it. So to think that there's a correction due to failure the way it works in the real world, you're wrong. Government is never going to correct itself. It's why I believe the trajectory of these Democrat-run mafia states are terrible. It's why I'm excited when I hear Eileen in her car. Hi, Eileen. Hi, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good. You know what? I just discovered you this summer, and I'm so excited to listen to your program all the time. Well, thank you very much. I just got it. Uh, I think I got it in March, the end of March. They let me fill in for Steve Cortez, and um, oh. they knew I was prepared to run him over if he didn't step aside, and he did because he got bigger and better things. So <laughs> either way, I was getting the job, oh. Eileen, but go ahead. Well, I just want to say I've enjoyed listening to you and discovering this radio station. My husband and I... Uh, born and raised in the Chicago suburbs, and um, after the, actually during the election, uh, we decided enough was enough in Illinois, and we are currently uh, in the process of moving up to our forever home in Wisconsin, and we're thrilled. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And it's, it's the right conclusion to come to, and it's not an easy one to come to. But ultimately, you have to realize that the politician is not interested in protecting the good citizen in Illinois. They're not. They're very comfortable taking the good citizens' money away, the opportunity away, and their future away in the name of the bad citizen. It's really that simple. And um, this is the pattern, and you can hear the elections. You can hear the pitches by the politicians. You can see what the outcome is, and you know at that point it's over with. And, and for me, it was extremely clear when we had a Republican that wasn't doing well and we had an opportunity to correct it and the Republicans, the Republicans in the state decided to go with a Democrat who was telling yeah. people he was a Republican. And then you saw this last, the, the congressman, when they uh, elected Sean Caston and the girl who didn't yeah. live in Illinois, the, the phony nurse. That was enough for me, kid. And, you know, ultimately, yeah. Eileen, it's a sign of respect for yourself. 
you and your husband deserve more. The good people of Illinois deserve more. Yet what they're going to get is less because this is the pattern of the corrupt Chicago Mafia Democrat Party. It's just the way it is. So I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Just do me a favor. Don't 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 get like those Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Because you're not a lady unless you're a 180 up there. So watch yourself. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Eileen. Susan Highland Park. Hi there, Sean. So it struck a chord again with me and um, inheritances. Um, sadly, my mom passed in 2020, and she passed along multi generational wealth. And we didn't have this horrible tax that you've been talking to. I sat down with one of my nephews who was also a beneficiary of this. He's extremely liberal. He's in his mid 30s, and I tried to explain to him this ain't going to happen with your family and the wealth. And he was, he just, he doesn't care. It's like they stamped out brainwashed. Uh The policies don't matter. It's the principle of the socialists. And so what you got to do, first of all, you know, I love you. You know, you're one of my favorites and you know, now that I know Mm -hmm. you have generational wealth, I'm going to have Misty get your number in case things don't work out with my old lady. But anyway, um, the point is, you use that word that drives me nuts when you're describing the communist, the socialist, the Marxist. I'm the liberal. Me. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. I don't want anything from anybody. Your friend, the millennial, is not a liberal. He's a Marxist. He's a fascist. He's not liberal. And and the reason he has this feeling is he has no respect for his his legacy family. He has no respect for his father or grandfather or he uses his failures and his inadequacies as a as a reason to go after other people's father and grandfather. Because if he did, he would understand that very. That's a very simple story of people in this country that came with nothing, but through sacrifice for their children, with the idea of I'm going to leave my children better than I was. You have a government that is actively, actively working to steal their money through trickery. And through words. So the reason he's, he's, he wants that is he doesn't, either doesn't have respect for his, his parents and grandparents, or he loathes them and wants to use it as a weapon. So this is a psychological, you cannot implement communism and Marxism and socialism unless you have a hatred for your fellow man. These are people that hate you. They don't care about your family story. This is a very simple thing. The, what we talked about is stepped up. You know what the, the rule is today? Is that if your parents die on inheritance tax, it's from the day of their death. That's when the property is valued. And if you take a year or 10 years or whatever it is to sell it, that's what's taxable. The idea that they want to go back to the time your parents or grandparents purchase it and not inflationally adjust that dollar. They're not interested in fairness at all. They're interested in extortion and theft. This is legalized stealing. So anybody that supports this is either an idiot or a self-aggrandizing communist, which is what a Democrat is. They, they just want them. They're, they're willing to use this phony virtue, this phony altruism, and this guise of society to rob people. All a Democrat is is a thief without the courage to pick up a gun. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate the call. Give your number to Misty. You never know, the old lady. She's getting a little squirrely. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's wonderful. Dave in Lansing. Uh, Hey, Sean. Um, I'm looking ahead when Beijing, Biden, the blundering, I don't know, Weekend at Bernie's 2 film gets 
Get just go diapers, button. Just go one one little <laughs> shot. It's it's rare, very direct. And by the way, everyone knows he's got one on. Just go diapers, Biden. <laughs> That's an easy thing to do. Okay. Um, when he gets removed or steps steps down, we're going to have a Harris Pelosi presidency, I, I assume. So what? And I, I, I'm I'm thinking that will allow China to take us over easier because you know, we got these. California you know who allowed Lewis. China to take us over, Dave? Mitch McConnell, who married a shipping heiress from China, who pretended that that, and she is lovely, that lovely woman, found that Aunt B lookalike with his old lady face and his gizzard neck attractive or manly, rather than just the most opportunist political whore that he is. So don't blame just the Democrats. There were enough Republicans in on that scam as well. Thank you for the call, David. And another thing, do not be afraid of a Harris presidency. Demand one. Demand one. Because Joe Biden is clearly unfit to serve. Unfit. He's a figurehead. He's not the president of the United States. Come on, man. Absolutely not. Thank you very much, Joe. Did you hear, Macbeth, what he said when asked about the Taliban and the hostages? It's Oh, it's- God. That's a long way off. That's a long way off. Thank you. Will you. What will happen to the people, the Afghan people in other countries? What will happen to them? He asked the question with a question. Will you recognize the Taliban? That's a long way off. No, n- n- no, it's not stupid. It's today. It's uh, right now because the U.N. has decided to work with them. And now we're going to bribe the terrorists. We're going to pretend they're a legitimate government. And you know something I was thinking? How bad could the Taliban economic tax policies be? Something tells me they're better than what's coming for you in this infrastructure, Bill. They're better than what AOC has in mind for you. Because I don't know if you've heard the latest, but you will when we get back from this break. This imbecile, imbecile, is a congressperson writing law. She doesn't think that uh, humanity... Fossil energy can get along together. She obviously doesn't know what brings the hot air out of the vents. I mean, aside from the one out of her mouth. She doesn't understand what the little holes in the wall. They're magic holes. I plug my iPhone in, and whoops, it charges. She doesn't understand if it's Tuesday or July. She's a moron. But she's selling communism. And it sells to the economic illiterate. You know the ones. The kind that would vote for Lori Lightfoot and the rest of the Democrat mafia. We'll be back after this. I love that song. You know, and that's uh, it's from uh, Boardwalk Empire, Nookie Thompson. And that is where the hurricane hit. Nucky, Nookie, whatever. That is where the hurricane hit. And you know, it's funny how this, uh, this hurricane is being used as a call for the implementation of of not just the economic slayer, but the entire deindustrialization and degrowth of the eco-Nazis. It turns out, you wouldn't believe this, um, New Jersey's been hit by 115, 115 hurricanes. In 1804, it was the worst one because it was wintertime. Uh, it was 1804, it was called the Snow Hurricane. Winds like never seen, you know, in 1804 it was a little different, but the ships were actually blown up. They were blown into the town. This last one that we saw with uh, Sandy, riddled in scandal. I don't know if you realize how much money was stolen. 
New York, they have, what is it, 27 deaths? vast majority were in illegal garden apartments, which means they didn't have an exit. So the people were trapped as the water flowed into the basements where they were not supposed to be living. But um, we know how the Democrats really think. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. And that would explain why this moron AOC is very, very comfortable destroying the American economy, the American quality of life, and American capitalism. That's what this is about. This is about using a storm. By the way, it's a very light hurricane season. In fact, it's less than a third of what was predicted by the eco-Nazis. But they're not going to let that stop them. The fossil fuel industry and the future of humanity are fundamentally incompatible. That's a moron. That's a moron. In fact, it is because of that fossil fuel industry, you can walk into a commercial building and find food from all over the world. It's why, in fact, America's welfare recipients have the biggest problem of obesity. It's the American fossil industry that delivered to you a quality of life people around the world to this day would kill for. Because we made the most of it, and perfected it. American government is the problem with society. It is the problem with the economy. It is the problem with your freedom and your liberty. It is the problem with America because the American government is inhabited very key positions by dimwits who pretend to be congressmen, who pretend to be politicians, who pretend to be knowledgeable. They just are. I mean, that's not a political opinion. That is the science. We continue to burn fossil fuels. Our planet will become inhabitable. You're what an idiot. If we continue to elect these idiots, the planet will become uninhabitable. You moron. You moron. Now get me a drink. You're lucky I gave up drinking, toots. Because I would almost put up with your nonsense if I was pie-eyed and unmarried. Uh-huh. Just keep shaking her head. This is what happens. When guys just keep shaking their head at pretty women who spew stupidity. Next thing you know, they're Congress people ruining the economy and the quality of life in America. All right, I've had a great time. Uh, I'm kidding. We'll be back. I've got a guest. Can't wait to come back. You're going to love this next guest because in this show, it has a purpose. It has a point. We'll be back after this. the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. When I get to talk to Joe Curl, he ran the Drudge Report when it was good. He's worked in politics for 30-plus years, worked as a White House correspondent for the Washington Times from 98 to 2010, where the blue dress and a uh, Republican tapping a guy's foot in a, in, a, in a bathroom stall was a story. He didn't know what he was in for. Joe Curl is now the editor of Off the Press, and I look at it often. I love it. How are you, Joe? 
Hey, Char, how you doing, man? Very good, very good. So listen, you got a lot of stuff cooking here, kid, on Off the Press, and I know I'm going to it. I talk to a few other people who go to it on a regular basis. I really like your take on it. Um, how's it going for you? Well, we've, we're doing great. I mean, we've only been up for a month, and we've done a million page views in that month, actually 1.3 million, and that's that's just in the first month. So things are people are really looking for a site where they can find conservative news that's not getting filtered and, you know, really sequestered by, by big tech. So, you know, hopefully they'll find us and, and, and they'll be able to read all the things they want to read. It's really hard to find that nowadays. But we're hoping that we can provide them that that avenue to find it. So, Joe, when I, I did the tease for you, you know, six minutes ago, I go on the site and you have <laughs> up the six-pronged scheme to fight COVID. And I read a couple of the articles. Right. I'm all ready to interview it. I go on it now and you got resign, you tyrant. I mean, how many times a day do you change the damn front page? It's amazing. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> Well, that was, that was one of the things that we really wanted to do. Like when I was at the Drudge Report years ago, um, running it with Matt and, and one other guy, it was really dynamic. I mean, you know, I would run the page in the morning. I would change it first thing in the morning. I might change it mid-morning. I might change it midday, right before I go off. Then the next day I would come on. He'd change it again. Then he'd probably change it again before Matt came on for the evening. And then Matt would change it once or twice. So it was changing six or seven times a day. Um, now you look at the Drudge Report. You know, it's the same main story. He's had that same story oh, up there terrible. all day. It's terrible. So, it's you know, absolutely we're, we're trying terrible. To, oh, yeah, I mean, it, and, and when, again, when, when readers look at a page, they just see, oh, it's the same main. It must be all the same stuff. So we're trying to, like, we're trying to, there's so much news out there. And, again, this is a new story. You know, we, we've got another editor on right now, and she was just finding stuff of, about, about Biden's trip to New Jersey. And, you know, people were heckling Biden, and, and it was a real mess up there so you know, she just changed the story i mean there's so much stuff out there but but yeah the main's got to change five six seven times a day and and the news you know the news merits it it's not like we're changing it and just deciding well oh, let's put a new thing up as the main story it's like there's that many good stories out there we're just changing it based on what's new what's what's the best story out there and the reality is we are now at at, at about the last 19 months victims of a an, of an, uh, politically agenda-driven mainstream media that is beyond obvious. It used to be that we knew it, but there was some sort of a phony veil of like, no, we're still going to be objective as we can. You know, we may have any. It's unquestionable. After these last 18 months, th as far as I'm concerned, it's Pravda versus real news. And some of the stories are, are, are beyond important. And, I, you know, I was on your site before, and that's when you came out about the scientists on the report about, or on the, report about the, the research with Fauci. He absolutely unequivocally, right. unequivocally, was funding a front organization that was investing in this virus. And um, is it because they just don't want this kind of story to get out that they have such a such a foothold. I mean, when you consider it, it's got to be where they control ninety percent of all media. That a site like well, yours yeah. has has a good. There's a vacuum there for a site like yours, and this could potentially be monstrous. No, and that and that's a fascinating story. I mean, we've we've got a story up on OffThePress.com right now about the fact that you know this story is coming out of the story about Fauci and. What he told Congress, and now these different reports are coming out, and, and all this, you know, detailed data is coming out about what really happened there. 
And, and the site that posted this first is, is, is a site called The Intercept, and they're a liberal site, and they were out there intent on proving Fauci right. What they ended up finding out and reporting was that, wow, the things that Fauci said do not match up with the, you know, with the, with the actual data. So it's really ironic that it's, it's this liberal website that wanted to prove Fauci right and get everyone off his back that's proving him completely wrong. And, you know, people like Rand Paul and others who have been, you know, real gadflies for, for Fauci all the way through this thing are out there now saying, like, you know, well, look, it looks like he, and again, this is their words, they're saying it looked like, it looked like he lied to Congress. I mean, and that's a big deal. I mean, you can come in and say some erroneous things and get some things wrong, and that's fine. Everybody makes mistakes. But if you're presenting information that you know is, is false, that's lying to Congress, and that's a felony. So... <laughs> You know, I don't know if it will go anywhere. I mean, we've heard these other allegations before, but but this is the most damning report we've seen in in all of Fauci's history right now. This looks really bad. I lost all respect for Congress when uh, Eric Holder, with the Fast and Furious, he lied. They could carry. He didn't show up. They they subpoena. It didn't matter. None of it mattered. So, I've kind of um, I've become pessimistic through living through the Democrat years when you said he lied to Congress. To me, uh, the Democrat congressmen lie every, every time they open their mouth. I mean, we see more and more of it. The good news from your site that I like is that the Biden heckle, this is not something they're used to. I think they, even they are, are shocked by the amount of people who are so disgusted and in such turmoil that they don't know how to hide this kind of failure. I think it's going to be very difficult for the Pravda media to hide exactly what's happening with uh, with Biden and, and, and the citizens of America is they're they're seeing him for what he really is an incompetent failure. Yeah, and, and think about these first six months, Sean. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's like, you know, just just working back when you've got Afghanistan melting down, you've got COVID exploding again, you've got crime in the cities going crazy, you know, election policy is, is insane. You've got inflation skyrocketing. I mean, this is the first six months of, of, of Biden. It's like it could not have been a, a, a worse start. And I think, you know, we've, we've had some stories on OffThePress.com that have talked about, you know, buyer's remorse, that these people who voted for Biden are suddenly going, oh, man, what did I do? It's like, you know, we're stuck with this guy now. And, and look at what's happened in six months. I mean, you know, for all the people who were complaining about, you know, and Trump was, a mouthy, arrogant, brash guy. That's what he's always yeah, been. That's what absolutely. he was as president. But, but you know, his policies were fairly sound. Everything was pretty good in America. Things were growing okay or even pretty well in a lot of ways. But, you know, now we, we get Biden in, and in, in six short months, I mean, everything's imploded. So, you know, you, you're, you're even finding, you're even starting to find Democrats really questioning what they did when they voted this guy in. They didn't want, they didn't want Trump again, but they put this guy in, and now look at look at where we are. Everything is just out of control. I have to say, I, I, I was not a, a Trumpian. I was not a guy who liked a lot of his policies. But I have never in my life seen such a successful destruction of somebody, let alone a, a president of the United <laughs> States, when you see how media right. has just not only deplatformed him, but they want to erase his name from history. And I think they, I think it's it's truly atrocious. It reminds me of being a kid and reading about how the New York Times hid the Holocaust. 
They knew full will well what was going on in these concentration camps. They literally blacked out the story. And, you know, you think that's America's past. But a lot of it is, is going on right now. I'm a, a Florida resident, and I go back and forth to Chicago. When I'm in Chicago and I see the way they're reporting on DeSantis versus living in Florida, living through how, the, how, how it is under DeSantis, it is astonishing to me that the, our media is really not so um, progressive or so advanced. In fact, they're, they're just as capable to promote a socialist agenda propaganda machine as they were in the 30s. Is that fair to say? Oh, it absolutely is fair to say. And and here's something that, you know, your readers will be, I'm sorry, your listeners will be interested in hearing this, that, you know, we, we, at Off the Press, we've just gotten checked out by a site called uh, NewsGuard. And NewsGuard is a, a site by Stephen Brill that he was from C-SPAN. And they are now sort of the purveyors. They are the fact checkers for big tech. They're, they're the big media and big tech fact checkers. And, and they're checking, they're, they're deciding what is news and what isn't news? And it's pretty frightening. I mean, you know, they, they will decide whether they, they deem you to be worthy of being read by, by average Americans. And again, what's fascinating is that, you know, 18 months ago, Facebook and Twitter and, and big tech decided to ban all stories about the Wuhan lab and where the virus came from and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, a few months ago, Biden and Congress and, and all these liberal Democrats are suddenly saying, like, well, yeah, let's examine that. So for 15 months, nobody was was allowed to talk about that. But now we're suddenly, like, questioning where did this come from? We, we can't take the word of China and the World Health Organization as to where this came from. But that was verboten on social media to even to even postulate the question was not allowed. So that's what's really frightening about where things stand right now is who is deciding what can be questioned and what cannot be questioned. That's where you start to get in what you're talking about, this whole problem, the notion of, you know, this, this campaign of shutting down the media and shutting down even the valid questioning of, of things that, that become sort of this, you know, it's sort of like, like global warming becomes completely accepted. And then you can't even wonder about it. You can't even postulate, you can't even say, hey, have you noticed that temperatures have gone up for you and gone down for the last seven years? You can't say that. It's no longer even allowed to question anything. And that's what's getting really scary about It's about like trying America to talk religion right with the Taliban. You can't bring up anything. They're always jumping down your throat. But I will tell you this. I remember explicitly how they were counting the deaths of COVID as Trump deaths. It was like nothing I've ever seen. When the reality is I still go to a strip mall and wonder how 30% of the people in there to wake up the next day. But they kept, they were very comfortable tagging the numbers, the, the mounting numbers of deaths under Trump. Your site is the only site I have seen that has Biden's death count. And you have listed the amount of people. So I want to congratulate you. I am so proud you had the courage to do this. Um, because this is exactly what they did to Donald Trump the entire time since COVID started. Well, yeah, and, and again, you know, the, the weird thing about being president is you get credit for things you don't deserve credit for, and you get blamed for things that you don't deserve blame for. I mean, the economy works the way it does, and whatever your policies are, you know, did you create a million jobs? Did you not create a million jobs? I mean, you know, that, it gets kind of weird about that stuff, but 
still, you are the man in charge, so that's what happens. And that's what happened to Donald Trump. So we're kind of, we're treating Joe Biden just like the mainstream media treated Donald Trump. I mean, there have been 253,000 deaths from COVID since Biden took over, and you, know, you don't hear a word about that. I mean, it's not like, you know, when, when Trump was in, it was, it was nonstop. There were all those headlines of, like, more people have died from COVID under Trump then died in the, you know, the, the Civil War, the Vietnam War, World War II combined. <laughs> and, you know, now with, with Biden, you don't hear any of that. But 250,000 Americans have died of COVID since Biden took over. And, you know, right now, I mean, you know, Trump did what he could, and he left Biden with what he had, which was a vaccine that may or may not work. And now apparently it's not working and with this new, you know, new variant coming in. You know, that apparently is getting around the, the, the vaccine. So, you know, we don't know where we are right now. But the real question is, what is Biden doing now to keep up with this thing? I mean, everything yeah, that he's done so far was left in place by, by Trump. And, and Biden really hasn't done anything so far. It's amazing. And what I like about your site is you put the little megaphone. And I know when I see the little red megaphone, I'm really going to click on the story. And the other thing was you were the one of the first to link to the bombshell leaked emails from the State Department. They were blocking. I mean, this is astonishing to me what our government has been doing, blocking flights with Americans on it, how they've been really working hand in glove with American Pravda to sell this obvious debacle. There's no way to put lipstick on that pig of Afghanistan and sell it to the American <laughs> people. It's shocking to me. Yeah. And then what the State Department did, too. I mean, you know, there, there's this, this, like, and again, the mainstream media just lets them do this nonstop. It's, it's almost like, you know, the mainstream media seems to have no interest in just questioning authority. That's their whole job. Just, just ask them the question. If they tell you something, you should immediately say, I'm not sure about that. And, you know, just about anything that, that the government tells you, whether you're conservative or liberal, you should say, I don't know about that. But, yeah. you know, the State Department comes out and says, we got four, you know, we got, we, got a, we got a mother and three of her kids out of Afghanistan. And then you start hearing these stories like, hey, they fought us, the mother says, they fought us nonstop. They didn't help us. We kept going from site to site. They claimed credit for it, but we, we're the, you know, they, they had help from other outside agencies. They got themselves out. But the State yeah. Department claimed credit for it. It's like, it's just shocking. And that's just one story. So as soon as you see a story like that, and you go, well, what else is going on there? If, if they're doing that sort of thing, actively fighting against Americans getting out of there, and we're hearing more and more stories like that, that, you know, remember, you know, a couple of days ago, we had six planes held up in a different airport in Afghanistan. You know, at first we heard that it was hostages. Then we heard, you know, the State Department's not letting them out and their passports don't check out. And, and, and again, you've got to do all that kind of checking mm -hmm. to make sure these guys aren't trying to get into America. But you, you literally have the State Department fighting against Americans getting out of out of Afghanistan. And when it's you start so hearing those stories, you really got to start wondering what else is going on there that we are not hearing about. Yeah, makes you miss the Monica Lewinsky day. So listen, I'm so proud of you that you did this. I, I love the site. Now I know it's a fledgling, but I'm just gonna I just want to throw my hat in the ring. If you go TV, you keep me in mind, kid. Well, I still have hair. All right, you're gonna want me on there yelling at people. <laughs> Joe Curl, OffThePress.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. 
He who controls information controls perception. William Randolph Hearst, scumbag. They toot they scumbag. The reason this country is in this predicament isn't solely because the communist philosophy that's been implemented by politicians elected to fight communism. It's because of media and reporters willing to lie, protect, and profit from it. Bob, Park Forest. Hey, what's up, son? Good. No, uh, much, buddy. Yeah, when are you uh, bringing your ugly wife and daughter to the smoke shop? Oh, Bob, uh, uh, my kids are so beautiful and so is my wife because, you know why? They never lie about how they want to get on. They're not scum Democrats who live in ghettos and vote Democrats, such as yourself. You oh, rat. Yeah. Bob, rat. Another You're Democrat, an idiot. Right? You got to love the cowards. You could hear it in their voice. See, because I've given out the address and Bob, or, that's not his name. What do you think his name is? Guess it ain't Bob. He doesn't show because he's a coward. Just like the one in Winnetka. Now I'm not there. I won't be in that sewer till I absolutely have to be. Uh, what a shame. What a shame. But they are what they are because they live in the sewers. And all, all that he wants, all that he wants is a little more money. It's a little more money. A little more free health care. I have a couple of concerns there. Number one, I have believed that in the midst of this unprecedented crisis, uh, that we should make this a monthly benefit, not a one-time benefit. And that's all that matters. doesn't matter that that's a communist. The scum Democrat in Chicago wants a monthly benefit. He'll vote for it. He doesn't care that it destroys the city, destroys the county, destroys the state, or destroyed Russia or Venezuela or Cuba. Because that scum Democrat, he wallows in it. Because all he wants is the 1400 so he can drive around, pretend to be a man. It's all he can do is pretend to be a man. He's not a man. The American Socialist Democrat is not a man. They're a coward. They're a socialist. They want to use their situation, their pathetic subhuman existence, as a weapon against anybody who is decent, who earns, who wants to be a member of society. And then they vote Democrat in Chicago, and they ruin the city, and they could care about the crime and the mayhem and the hopelessness. That's why they support Democrat philosophies, and that's why they lie. See how they lie? He said his name was Bob. He wanted to talk about the Taliban. His name isn't Bob. He doesn't even know what the Taliban is. He's a member of the American Taliban called Democrats. 312-642-5600. How about the Loretta Hospital scandal? It's a hospital for the people. Gotta love it. All right, we're going to get to that in more, but uh, Robert's been waiting. 312-642-5600. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing today? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. You know, I'm just getting so sick of Biden. It's not funny. I heard, I've heard on the news recently, he's saying, all oh, the war in Afghanistan's over. We just brought this thing to a close. We have to move on. No, you left people behind. You left animals behind. You idiot. You have to go in and get them out. What do you think? Well, I think that the people that voted for this guy in the first place will not be, they'll be undaunted by this. I think that they're, you know, like, like the idiot Democrats that call my show. They're going to love it. They don't, there's no bar of failure. There's no bar of corruption. This is what they're used to. They put in this 50-year failure. Joe Biden has been one thing for 50 years wrong on every yep. issue. Joe Biden yep. has touted himself as a foreign policy expert. The whole reason you have a Taliban, in my opinion, is because him and the other Democrats 
were arming them. Back then they called them freedom fighters as they were fighting the proxy war with Russia. But do you think the American Democrat voter knows that? You think that Bob knows that? Or do you think that what's the other Mercedes Marxist? Steve knows that? You think they care? You think they care about the children that are being raped and murdered right now? Of course not. They don't care about the children that are being raped and murdered in their own sewer city. And that's why they vote Democrat. So I think that the, the, the American... Marxist, the American communist, is solidified in his quest for more money for nothing because they like living in a welfare state. Thank you, Robert, for the call. I don't think it's going to have any indication or any any kind of um, effect. When when you hear these stories, when you see these preposterous agenda-driven bills rooted in monetizing debt and taxation and bankrupting, it's not the American Chicago-style Democrat that you should be mad at. It's the Republican that told you you had to vote for him because the other guy tweeted was nasty. It's the pedophile that called himself a Lincoln Project Republican. You think he cares about the kids getting raped? What is it? 80% of the the founding members were riddled in pedophile scandals of the Lincoln Project Republicans. I mean, how many Illinoisans, how many Illinois politicians supported that idea? How many do you think Adam Kinzinger voted for Trump, or do you think he voted for Joe Biden? So do you think it's going to sway anybody by having this idiot? What will happen to them? I mean, he's clueless. He's clueless. He's an idiot. When he had his faculties, he was simply wrong. But he's a Democrat. And Democrats love the skim. They love the scam. And the Loretto Hospital, right there in old Chicago, that's the, and I know it's not old Chicago, but right there, in, you, know, you know what I meant, old-fashioned Chicago. This is the kind of scandal that happens in all of these government quasi-businesses. This is nothing new. I don't know if you heard it, but you should. Our weekend watch shines a spotlight on government activity. And after reports of millions of dollars of insider contracts, the Illinois Attorney General's office is now investigating. Now here, this is about Loretto Hospital, but it could be about the Chicago Public Schools. Remember the principal? She got released for COVID after she stole $5 million. Stole it. This is just, just insert name of Democrat Party contributor, and Democrat contracted business. Loretto Hospital on the city's west side. Back in March, reports from the Better Government Association and Block Club Chicago revealed nearly $4 million in insider contracts, hospital-funded trips to the Caribbean, and a vaccine scandal as well. So David Jackson... That's living, huh, baby? $4 million. You want to go to the Caribbean? Why not? That's why this one that they're licking their chops at that they call infrastructure. This is just... This is what it is. Insider contracts, massive, massive spending. Two insiders, trips to the Caribbean, living like a man, living like somebody who did something. And that's how their constituents live. You know, the ones that are waiting for that welfare cheese, waiting to put their kid in school two years early. They would just want a little some walking around money, you know, for the emergency of COVID from the BGA is here to talk more about all of this. Good morning, David. Good morning to you. Thank nice, you. Yeah, nice to have you. Do we know what the Attorney General is looking at specifically? Nothing. No one's going to get prosecuted. You think that this is only Chicago, Illinois? Do you even know what's going on in California? Do you know why any Tusum Newsom 
is getting recalled? Anybody? Anybody? It's not just the fact that he managed to destroy, if you put it on the world economic, one of the top ten economies before the Democrats ruined California. It's because he, like Loretto Hospital, like Fast Eddie Burke, pretend gangster with the Viagra in his pocket and the big gold Rolex, like the little tiny munchkin Madigan mafia boss, like all the rest of them, Rahm Emanuel. This is the Democrat policy platform, and you're about to fund it with trillions, not billions anymore. Let's start with the felonies. After the 2010 San Bruno gas pipeline explosion, PG&E was convicted of five felonies for willfully breaking federal gas pipeline safety laws and one count of a... PG&E is one of the corrupt, corrupt energy companies that was allowed to operate after they legislated away with competition. So PG&E is a political pimp of the political prostitution than any twosome nuisance and the Chicago. This is you could just put this and you could put this in any Democrat hub. But imagine what it's going to be like when they get trillions. Obstruction for misleading federal investigators about the disaster. Eight people died in the San Bruno explosion. Fast forward to now, prosecutors are investigating PG&E for starting the 2018 campfire and tell us they're considering charges as serious as 85 counts of manslaughter for the people killed in that. By the way, much like the fire now that's raging, this was started by the electric company. The other one was started by a Democrat voting professor. You know, the one that they're blaming on global warming and AOC wants to take away fossil fuels for? Yeah, that one. Disaster. We've been digging into the story since that fire burned eight months ago. After it did, the federal judge overseeing PG&E's probation felt the need to point out that a corporation cannot go to prison. PG&E hasn't been a model federal offender. The judge ruled the company violated its probation earlier this year. While on that probation as a felon, PG&E donated $4 million to political causes and campaigns for office. Hmm. That means eight out of every 10 sitting state lawmakers took money from a convicted felon. And Newsom got $208,000 between his campaign and the spending group helping him to win office. So we had a simple question. Why is that okay? We asked the governor to sit and chat with us at a time and place of his choosing. He didn't accept. So we showed up to ask him today. Governor, why is it okay for you to take money from a felon? Uh, and you know that the way you frame that is going to lead me to ask you to flesh Your office out. is aware of my question. I've tried to schedule time to talk well, with you about this. I, I P- don't know what you're PG&E was convicted of, a federal, oh. of six federal felonies in 2016. After that, you took more than $200,000 to help get elected. How should people trust you to be running the show to come up with the solution? I, um, I, I wish you luck with whatever you're... PG&E is going to get money from this new bill. They've gotten money from the last bill. They'll continue to get money because they own this political whore. They own them all. This is the economy under a mafia Democrat. That's why the simple word Democrat, it should make you vomit and dry heave by saying it. This is the American gangster. It isn't a couple guys talking about the line on the Monday night football game. It's them. And they got the game rigged because they're the ones in charge. And you know what else they got? They got the idiots like this moron that called me and the other moron that called from Winnetka, the, the prostitute, the, the political legal prostitution that he calls himself a lawyer. They like this system. There's big money. Are you listening to the numbers? Used to be millions, little billions. Now it's trillions. There's the Joe Biden that Republicans told you to vote for right there.
312-642-5600. Gotta be kidding me, the last segment on? We didn't get to a lot of good stories. We covered what these are. The Fauci thing. I want to thank The Intercept on behalf of all people who knew, knew that this virus was not only man-made, but was funded by Dr. Fauci. How many months ago did I start calling it the Fauci flu? You paid for it. You put your name on it, like the rest of the scum out there. Thanks to the lawsuit through the Freedom of Information Act by The Intercept against the National Institute of Health, you got to sue the government to get the truth out of them. We now know that Fauci funded EcoHealth Alliance, a New York-based nonprofit. Nothing more profitable than these New York-based nonprofits, boy. They seem to live real well. A lot of trips to the Caribbean and whatnot. Headed by Peter Dezak, was absolutely engaged in gain-of-function research. That's why it keeps adapting. Good thing this was made in China. If it was made in Germany, we'd all be dead. Good thing that 99.5% of all the poor victims of this government-financed, man-made virus survive. Good thing. Good thing. Uh, As for the rest of it and the safety blankets, there's no clip out there that I've enjoyed recently. As much as Chris Wallace learning that his slave plate did absolutely no good except tell people he was an idiot. Several reports uh, this week that cloth masks, which frankly are the kinds of masks I usually wear, are not really effective. Is that true? Yeah, cloth masks unto themselves, generally not effective. That's why I think surgical masks are better. There are, of course, higher quality masks. Cloth masks may be 10 or 20 percent effective, not great against the Delta variant. So you're saying this mask I've been wearing for a year isn't really protecting me very much? I'm saying that given the Delta variant that's out there, you probably need to upgrade your mask, Chris. The good news is he was laughing. That's right, dummy. You've been wrong for 18 months. You've been insisting that people strap something on their face to capture their own germs. You're now insisting that children who sneeze and have runny noses and play in the dirt and are full of germs, you're you're insisting that they wear it because you care about the children. But then again... Never, ever forget what kind of party you're dealing with. Um, reproductive rights activists have noted that President Biden seems reluctant to use the word, the specific word abortion, although he did use it in his statement today, in the statement you put out yesterday. Um, can you explain his seeming reluctance to use that word? And was it a deliberate... Because he doesn't want to tell the truth. Really explains everything when you learn the base principles of a people. You think this is... a political argument about the nuanced policies in expanding American prosperity, then you're an idiot. You're not paying attention. This is about destroying the American way of life steeped in freedom and liberty and individual unalienable rights. This is about a government takeover, a communist, Marxist, fascistic takeover of your life. I'll be back in 21 hours.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.